Good morning to everyone watching. We are live this morning, episode 236 of the Treaty Talk podcast. Myself, Jack Neville, and Matt O'Callaghan of the Weekly Observer and Vale Star will be joined very shortly by Claire's own Brennan as we look forward to the Munster Senior Hurling final this weekend. It promised to be a cracker. So stay tuned for a lot of talk about hurling over the next hour or so as the old rivals renewed acquaintances this Sunday in the Gaelic Grounds. Impression the game we get all with what you put into it's like a walk alive. If you're good enough, go and get it, no more about it. But not so much control in the centre of the field from Kilkenny as Richie Bennett sends it high and over the bar. Your mother sends you down to the shop for a pound's worth of goods and she gives you 50 pence. You can't get the pound's worth of goods, can you? Just about kept in. Oh, well, it's Shawnee Buckley. To do that to Tomas O'Shea, he deserves to score from here. One of the highlights of the second game. Out there from the world court today. No more about him. He made all the run. That was it. Put the ball over the barrel. The fact of it, and that's it. No ifs, no buts. Is there much time left? There's no sympathy in this game for anybody. Welcome to Owen Brennan, who joins us for the second time in about six weeks. On hopefully a, a good podcast, but a different result this time around. Well, I'm going. I, the only reason I came back is because the omens were good for for maybe a clear victory again. So I I won't break with tradition. Yeah, look, it was <laughs> it was a brilliant podcast last time around. So we will be talking an awful lot of hurling over the, the course of the next hour. Or so anyone watching live, make sure to get your comments in or questions as we look forward to a titanic battle. This Sunday in the two Skeleton Crowns, and a special thank you to Noel's Menswear, our sponsor. But before we get into the game itself, um, have to touch on the, the sad passing of Teddy McCarthy uh, yesterday evening. Cork legend, a double All Ireland winner in 1990. I don't know what the likes of it ever be done again. And, and Matt, you obviously followed that career and will go down as a legend in Cork and in the in the country overall. Ah, Jack, yeah, you know, first of all, I suppose our, our, our deepest sympathy to the McCafty family and I suppose to to to, to Cork GA and, and 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 the GA world in general. It 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 has lost a very, very special a very, very special individual. And um in nineteen ninety, I suppose he 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 etched his 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 name and the annals of GA history forever, like in the space of two weeks, won two senior medals with with with, with Cork. Um, like he, by any benchmark, um, Teddy McCarthy's career was a glittering career that ended up with him winning four All Ireland medals, two in hurling and two in football, nine monster medals, um, six in football, three in hurling, and. Footballer of the Year in um, 18, 18, uh, 1989, one All-Star. You know, it doesn't come much better. But I suppose the one thing that would stand out for me, um, absolutely, there was no doubt about his prowess in, in both codes. But I, I suppose, you know, you'll probably remember on as well, um, he, he was noted for his high fielding in both codes, Um which, which at most times were, were, you know, was absolutely spectacular. It, um, it, it was off the charts at times, and and time and again it broke the heart of of, of opposition um, of opponents, both in hurling and football. And um, like Teddy McCarthy was a great sportsman, 
you know, um, um, very, very, very rarely did he come on the wrong side of 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 of, of the the playing rules or or any anything any anything like that. And it was, I suppose, a very very humble man that 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 shunned the limelight um, in what he had achieved because what, what Teddy McCarthy had achieved was absolutely unique. Um, and um, you know, to be taken, to be taken from us at the age of fifty-seven, is also so sad to his, to his, to his wife and to his family and to to the GA fraternity and just, you know, his son Keen, as 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 um, Owen will remember, lined out at centre half forward for Cork in the twenty thirteen All Ireland final replay, and um, you know, it's a very very sad day and. Um, it, it, it's something that you know that is a bit of a cloud in what is the best, what what, what normally is the best week in in hurling in this province. And once the final week, I I, I I think everything for the rest of the week will be tempered, and um, we 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 won't be able to forget the sad passing of Teddy McCarthy. Go on. Yeah. Look, I. I... I echo that. I mean, he, he was probably one of those iconic players in the game, if you know what I mean, that I was at a, a, a game last night when, when the news broke and everyone was, was mentioning him. I mean, look, people pass away all the time in terms of GA and their experience and all that, but he's one of those that everyone, I think, reflected on last night. And it's, it's just one of those kind of legends of the game and the iconic. And, and as uh, I was going to mention it myself, the old salmon-like leap in the air. It was like, he was like... Uh, like the Irish version of Michael Jordan, I suppose, in some ways, that he was able to get an extra jump when he was jumping. Um, and I just think it's it's obviously so sad because he was such a young man still and and uh, obviously heartbreaking to his family and all that. But one of the game's greats, and I don't think we'll ever see his like again in terms of being equally adept at hurling football um, and, and just so, so, I mean, to get nine Munster titles, I think six in football and, and three in Ireland and, and sharing four All Ireland medals. I like we we'll never see his like again. Yeah, I, I don't think we will. Look, um I like how the two lads sentiments there. Um condolences to the McCarthy family and the, and the GA family in Cork. But it's it's lovely to see on Twitter and social media all the, the great images and video of Teddy and his prime. And as you mentioned, it's it's the leaf in the air that, that really stands out. So um big condolences there to the family. Um, obviously, it's a huge weekend in the GA calendar. The Munster Championship has caught the imagination of everyone, football, hurling, every, everyone in Ireland, and it does every year. But this year has been really special, you know, and the narrative coming into the final, it, it writes itself. Limerick looking for five in a row. Clare looking for a first in 25 years. It, it's on in Limerick. You know, there's, there's so much going to the game. On the venue, were you surprised? At the fact it was on in Limerick, and does it really matter at the end of the day? I think first and foremost, it should be in Thurles. Uh, you know what I mean? It, it, decision should never have come down to uh, a county having to say, "Look, can we we'll play it in your backyard?" Kind of a thing. Uh, if this was a, a a league game or something like that, you'd say, "Okay, maybe." But I mean, the the fact that it's not in Thurles. You know, it's a bit of a surprise. I like I don't know how I I I'd love to know the actual narrative behind all this, as in to say, surely Limerick weren't looking for Cork either. I mean, I I can't believe it. I've never seen a Limerick team wanting to play in Cork before. But anyway, it could be a double bluff. It might be. Uh, but anyway, in, in terms of just sheer logistics, I think uh, from a Clare perspective, from players, management, 
supporters, I think it's it, it was it was the best call that they could have made uh, at the time, rather than than the Cork uh, one. If 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 Thurles wasn't on the table as we believe it wasn't, then Limerick isn't uh, in a bad place to go in terms of. Do we, we lose on the choice of going live there? Um, Matt, I'll, I'll throw it over to you there while we're waiting for him to come back. On on the venue, did what did you make of the whole scenario? Uh, yeah, I, I, I think it was a strange one. And, and um, obviously, Limerick, uh, you know, John Kiley, um, you know, didn't mind whether it was, didn't seem to mind whether it was Cork or Tullis when, when that question was put to him after the Cork game. But um, obviously Limerick decided that they would nominate Cork. Personally, I have nothing whatsoever against Cork. And, but, but, you know, I, the logistics of getting to Cork and the whole parking issue and, you know, it's, 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 it's the hell of a journey from North and, and West Clare to, to, um, to, um, to Cork, as, as indeed it is from West Limerick and, and some parts of East Limerick. But it, it's easy for me to speak, like who, who just joined the motorway at Mitchellstown and, and, and fly up there. But um, yeah, I, th I think it was an unusual call by, 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 by Claire. And um, uh, like Owen said, that he would like to know the narratives, uh, uh, narrative about it. I certainly would like to know uh, the mechanics as to how this decision was arrived at. And um, um, it's an unusual decision, and um, like the, the, the um, it, it has previous though, um, yeah. because they did meet in the monster final, and Owen is laughing there now. They, they did meet in the monster final in Limerick in 1955, um, which was the famous Mackie Greyhounds um, um, final, and um, so I suppose you know it's not unique and such, but. It, to me, the whole thing is a bit strange. It's a monster final. Like we had the setting in Turles last year, and we saw what we got last year. Yeah, I, look, I'd agree with I agree with Owen's point that the monster final should be in Turles, um, unless it's Limerick and Tip, and then you just play every second year. But you you were getting to your point there, Owen. But for Clare, it's still a home game for Limerick, but it's not too long ago since they went to the Gaelic Crowns and won there. And their most recent encounter was a Clare win, so they won't have any. They won't have any fear going to the Gaelic Crowns. Yeah, sorry, I was nobbled there. I don't know if it was the Clare County Board or Brian Lawn trying to trying to silence me there, but uh, I got cut off in the middle of it there. But yeah, look, I, look, I think. You know, they're so used to playing in the Gaelic Crowns. You know, I mean, anyone we would play of a neutral venue, we'd normally play them in the Gaelic Crowns anyway, whether that's uh, Tipperary or, you know, even Cork or whatever. So, Clare won't have any fear of going to the Gaelic Crowns. Obviously, Limerick would be much more familiar with it than, than Clare would be. But I, I think it also, it's a brave call in that uh, if it works, it's it's a masterstroke. If it doesn't, it can be like, the problem with it is that there's been so wafer-thin margins between the two teams in the last two years. That you'd say it's it's a very borderline call whether that could be the vital point or or error you know familiarity with the corner a little bit of and it could be it could come down to a mistake or a moment of genius so obviously Limerick have been a little bit more familiar with it but also I think puts pressure on Limerick a little bit more in that obviously they're going for five in a row but uh, the pressure will be on them that they are at home uh, they have to perform and you imagine that they will have more supporters than, than Claire would uh, definitely if you add in the Stewarts and stuff like that so 
uh, you know what I mean? It's it's a little bit more pressure on Limerick as well. It's an unusual scenario for someone to opt to go to your home venue. It's a really unusual call. And I'd like to. Uh, we'll only know Sunday evening, obviously, how it works out. But uh, it's very very intriguing. Yeah, there seems to be bluffing from from both sides. But I think logistically, it like you know, the Gaelic Rounds is closer to a lot of clear people than it would be to me out here in West Limerick, as Matt alluded to. And I think Cork didn't really make much sense. As I said, Turles probably was the venue. But you talk about pressure there, you know, pressure on Limerick at their home venue going five in a row. But is there a pressure on this Clare team to, to finally deliver? You know, it's been a long time since he won a Munster. Obviously, the All-Ireland success in 2013 with paper over that a large part. But, you know, they got the final last year, gave a really good account of themselves. But there must be a feeling now that this is the time to deliver. Definitely. And and for Brian Lowen and his own team, like he, he even said it this week, you know, that uh, Limerick have won all the trophies uh, at the end of the day. And I, while Clare have come close and they've beaten them in the group stages, they had no silverware from their three or four years. And it's now three full years that, uh, or four years. It's the fourth year of Brian Lohan's, uh in charge. So made a lot of strides, but it's only when you get that kind of tangible silverware, that bit of validation. And we saw that actually from the Clare Minor Hurlers, uh, even this year as well, that they, they won a Munster after losing on penalties the previous year. And just that relief to get some silverware is a kind of a justification, the validation that you're going in the right direction. Obviously, to make strides is brilliant to come close to Limerick. But who's going to remember that in 20 years' time when the next Jack Neville is doing his podcast? You know what I mean? The, and and the next Matt O'Callaghan and the next Owen Brennan are, are sitting down there. Will any be referencing it? Uh, you know, Clare came close, but really until you win and until you win trophies and obviously it's a derby as well that it added kind of bragging rights there's a lot of clear people working with Limerick and so on and so forth and marriages and all that kind of thing so it means a lot but in in a final it's all about winning it has to be no matter who you're playing yeah. 100% Matt the, the pressure is it, is it greater on Limerick or on Clare do you think coming into the game well, you know, the suspicious part of me um, thinks maybe that Clare opted for Limerick to uh, exert extra pressure on Limerick. But I'm I'm just wondering there um, about Clare's preparation. They, they've they've had a three week run into the in, into the final, and I can't help but thinking that for the first week of that, they were probably focused and the mindset was on facing Tipperary until Waterford came in and put the cat among the pigeons. So they probably lost a, a week. And I, I probably, on the balance of probability, that the last team that, that Clare would have been expecting um, the week after they, they beat Cork to face in the Munster final would probably be Limerick. Because certainly after after Limerick's um, uh, draw with Tipperary and Clare's win over Cork going into the Cork game, Limerick's chances of, 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 of retaining that much the title were hanging by a thread. And, um, you know, the, the, the interesting part about it is, and it, 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 it's a microcosm of, of um, how close this, this, this whole Munster championship is, that um, had Cork got an equalising point, Clare would be facing Cork and Tipperary would be out of the championship. Like yeah. it's it's it it, it, it that, that, that's you know on spoke about fine margins they don't come any finer any finer than that uh, pressure on Limerick in the final the, the nub of your question there's always pressure in a monster final 
no matter what. And um, this this final, of course, cannot be but benchmarked against last year's great final, which was arguably certainly. And I've seen many monster finals. I won't say how many now, but um, and stop laughing, on Brendan. But um, um, you there in '55, no. No, 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 no. I was, as Jack would say, I was away that day. Um, <laughs> but um, no, um, I, I, you know, it, 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 it ranks up there with, with, with. You see, you tend to judge these great games by the result if it's in your favour. You know, but it, to stand back in the cold light of day, I suppose, um, and look at last year's final, it was one of the real great, great finals. It was it was a final that had everything, and um, like the expectation going in on, on on Sunday is absolutely huge. Yes, the home venue will probably bring that extra bit of pressure. Limerick will probably have that extra few spectators, um, uh, uh, supporters more 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 than player, um, and you know, but Limerick have been around the block so often. You know, you you you're, you're not going for five in a row. In, in the Munster Championship with, with, without being able to handle those type of situations. And if, if, if you cast your mind back to the 2021 Munster final when Limerick were, what, 10 or 12 points down at halftime in Parky Keefe against Tipperary, and um, the way that the way that they turned it around, um, that, that certainly was pressure after the first half, but... Um, the way they cope with it. Yes, there will be the extra bit of pressure, Jack, but I think Limerick have the wherewithal and the experience to cope with it. Yeah, I think so. On for yourself, as, as a Clare man, you know, sitting down for them final round of games, feet up, knowing that you were in the final, what was your what was your reaction at the end of, we'll say, the 70 minutes in the Gaelic Crowns and in Turles that it wasn't going to be tip, that it was going to be in, in, in Limerick was there you know, apprehension or was there looking forward to playing Limerick again? It's funny because, um, you know, by talking to the players the previous week after the Cork game and there, you know, there was a lot of a visual atmosphere after. He's, he's gone. Claire wanted, hello, and Claire wanted Go on there again. Uh, Limerick. Uh, the players afterwards wanted Limerick. Uh, they were disappointed that they were probably going to be playing Tipperary. Uh, I, I suppose it was the fact that you want to beat the best in a in a final, um, so I think that in itself maybe uh, kind of joins the narrative of Clare going to the Gaelic. They just feel that they have to beat the best, um, and I'm not saying the Tipperary aren't up there. I'm just saying that in terms of the rivalry in the last couple of years, I think this is the it's it's the final that everyone wants to see. It's the biggest rivalry in hurling. Let's let's be honest about it. Um, so I wasn't surprised to see Limerick come through. I was surprised to see Waterford doing so well against uh, Tipperary. Um, I couldn't believe really what, what was unfolding in that game. But the Limerick Cork game, there was nothing between it. And Matt is right that the, the Munster Championship, such way for thin margins all the way through. But I think you can't argue with a league basis. You know, whether that comes down to one point in scoring difference, it's over your four games that you're judged. And I think that's the ultimate test for anybody. So, how you, every point can count, even if you're losing. To only lose by seven rather than eight could make all the difference at the end of it. So I think it's a fabulous system. I think the round robin series since it came in in, in uh, 2017, 2018 has, has been a revelation really for, for hurling and especially in Munster. Yeah, and you, you, talk, you talked pre, uh, before about, you know, needing to win in finals and, and playing the best teams. And 
in the round robin, you know, Clare have the best record over the, is it the five championships they had. But it it is about time of, of delivering because, as you said, no one remember that Clare had the best record in the group stages. They'll remember the Limerick maybe four or five in a row, or you know, these sort of things. That it is really time that Clare can can really lay down a marker here as well as we were the best team in the group. We're going to be the best team overall because if they lose, we know that Pat is a long one and. You saw what happened against Kenny last year. Yeah, definitely. And and there's no guarantees. Um, and I think a Munster Championship is much more, uh, they crave it more and clear than you would in Limerick. And I'm not saying you don't want to go for five in a row, but I think Limerick could afford to lose a match and probably still go on to win in All-Ireland. I'm, I'm just not sure, uh, you know, a player got the strength and depth to maybe... Uh, ship a couple of injuries like we saw last year with John Condon going out for the semi-final it was a massive blow and I don't think Tony Kelly was a right for since that Munster final either so I just think that for Clare this is this is their All-Ireland final now and if they win it great you have a bonus and you have a bit of a break to the All-Ireland semi-final but losing it it's a long path again and I'm not so sure we can negotiate that so for Clare this is it's everything is on the line on Sunday and I think it's do or die and it's probably the way they prefer it yeah, Matt, Paul Brown spoke about it last week, the, the the impact of losing the final, you know, and there's a lot of people that say the winner of All-Ireland will come from this game. So we talked about fine margins. It is so crucial to get over the line on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. I suppose from a confidence point of view and from a momentum point of view, there, there is nothing like going the, the, going, going the direct route. Um, but I, I, you know, we must remember that that Limerick were quite happy and very, very successful in 2018, um, when Clare turned them over in the final round in Ennis and condemned them to going the the third team route, and um, uh, you know, did did you know did it did it very very successfully? But that was from the third team. But um, you know, after losing a final. And um, uh, losing a final uh, with, with uh, and lose it in the circumstances that Clare lost it last year, and um, I, I've no doubt it's going to be as close this year. Whichever one will come out on top, um, it, it, it can be very difficult to pick it up. It can be difficult to pick it up as 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 Clare found out last year to their cost. But um, um, you know. I, it, 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 um, it, it's a whole different dynamic. If you're if you're going forward as winners, um, uh, as as distinct from going forward as having lost, and at that stage, were Limerick to lose on Sunday, they would they would have lost two games. But of course, the same could be said for Clare because they lost to, to, to Tipperary in the in the first round. Um, but you know, I think there's nothing like going the direct route. But the, Owen was talking there about um, the importance of it for Clare and uh, um, to, to get silverware. And I, I couldn't agree more because, like, it's a bit of a millstone around their neck at this stage. Like, that that of the five counties in Munster, um, they're waiting the longest for a Munster championship going all the way back to 1998. Waterford have won three or four in the meantime. Limerick have won, what, five in the meantime. Cork, Tipperary. So, like, from a Clare perspective and from Clare, from a, from a Clare hurling perspective, this this game is 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 absolutely huge. But you know, hurling in Clare, irrespective of the result on Sunday, looking at it from the outside, in my view, in my view, 
is in a very, very good place uh, in, in so far as you, you look at the under-21s, came so close to overturning Cork in the Munster final, Cork that went on to win the All-Ireland, and we, we saw a fantastic performance by, by, by their minors. Um, uh, absolutely tr- tremendous performance. Um, beaten Kilkenny and beaten Galway, beaten the top sides at minor level. Now, I saw Kilkenny and Galway playing in the Linster minor final. I, I thought Galway were an excellent side. And um, and Clare came on and emphatically beat him in a final. So, look, um, what's coming behind? And, you know, it, it, it's all momentum behind Clare. And, you know, winning can be contagious too. But I would just like to remind um, Owen, in case he forgets, that the only team that laid a glove on, on Clare Minors this year was Limerick in the second round. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You are right. Yeah, uh, we we uh, first half was a disaster for us, uh, and um, and and first twenty minutes of the semi final as well. Limerick were the better team in that minor as well, so they weren't far away from it. I, th- I think that team in particular, a very good collective uh, in terms of Clare. Um, they twelve different scores in the Ireland final. I think it was just a phenomenal performance, and that Galway team had been well touted. They were the favourites before above us book. So it's a fantastic achievement, and I w- I'll remind you, Matt, that the last time Clare. Miners won in All Ireland was ninety seven, and we won a senior the same year, the same day actually. But we can't do that this year, so maybe there's a good omen in that as well. But, but in reality, Matt is right about the the Munster Championship. I mean, Brian Lohm was a player in his peak the last time Clare won a Munster Championship, which is is amazing for the amount of teams that we've had and good teams that we've had down the years. And if Clare were to lose on Sunday, you have the likes of uh, Tony Kelly and Shane O'Donnell and all these players, uh, John Conlon that have played in four Munster t- finals and lost four Munster finals in seven years. So there is a bit of pressure on Clare as well to perform and to and to win. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I said at the outset that there's pressure on Limerick. They have proven that they're able to handle pressure. It's up to Clare now to to prove their way and, and, and justify at, at that first uh, Munster championship in 25 years. Yeah, is there is there a different feeling this year coming into the the final on because you've a lot of final experience, obviously new fellas haven't played much, but coming into last year, is there a different sense around Clare? I think after last year's final and Matt talked about <laughs> what a great game and a game for the ages and all it was. I think after that, while Clare were obviously disappointed to lose in such uh, fine margins and all that kind of thing, I think uh, in hindsight they were kind of just suggesting that it was. Fantastic to come that close to Limerick, and it was a kind of a moral victory while not getting their hands on silverware. It was still seen as the catch up between 2020. I said it before in the podcast before we talked about the last game that the catch up that they had from 2020 when it was very one sided to that final last year, which is just three years later. I think they, they cleared so happy that they caught up uh, in such a short time. Uh, so this year it's about winning it, really. Um, it was going in with more hope last year. They have to go in and win it this year. It's it's all on the line for Clare. And I know they've beaten them already. And that came out of necessity as well. Because let's be honest, if we didn't beat Limerick that night, uh, we were out of the championship before before even the start of May. So it's been a fabulous turnaround for Limerick and for Clare. Uh, and I think this, is, this one is all about winning for Clare. They have to get over the line uh, by whatever means possible, really. And Matt, from a Limerick point of view, there's obviously... A huge difference, you know. Last year, coming into the game, probably winning the bones of fifteen games in a row. Now, you obviously drew a Clare the previous round, but they've been dealt that hammer blow by Clare 
there's probably a bit of um, caution coming against Clare this time around. There is, but uh, that that can either act um, one way, you know, it can go either way. That in that it 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 certainly has 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 put Limerick on the alert as as to what Clare are all about, and um, you know, um, that that there will there will it it it, it will it will be certainly driving Limerick in that they cannot allow themselves to be beaten in the same championship twice by Clare. Um, that there are enemies like that. That that you know that that there will that will be a motivating factor and 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 a driving factor in it. I, um, but from a Limerick perspective, Jack, um, and having seen the four games and been at the four games, and just like yourself, um, like there there has been measurable improvement in the Limerick team. Um, from a very very flat performance against Waterford, an improved performance against Clare, and um, certainly it has gone up a couple of notches since. Then you you had a period, we'll say, for the last two games uh, against Tipperary and Cork of adjusting to life without Sean Finn. Um, that seems to have settled down now. Um, and um, yeah, I I think it, it I think it will be a much better equipped Limerick team. That Clare will face on Sunday than that which it faced in the second round. Yeah, they're they're obviously the flying this time around. Is there is there learnings from obviously that game last year, the drawn final uh, or the drawn final that Limerick eventually won, and the win that Clare got over Limerick just a couple of weeks ago on, or is it just more the same? Oh, I think they did learn. I mean, uh, poke out wise, there was a big change in that they really uh, they were really aggressive in the group stage. Up from the puck out this year, and I think that it paid dividends in a, in a good few of the scores that Clare got. But I think definitely they learned from from that in the final. I think last year the most obvious thing was once it went to extra time, I along with a few others knew we weren't going to win it in extra time. We just didn't have maybe the backup uh, in terms of strength and depth that that Limerick had, and you know only so long that guys can last, especially in such intensity that that game was. And mm-hmm. I think. I think that's what took most out of Clare after that. I think it was such a physical demand in that day, the intensity and all that. I don't think they ever recovered from from that. And, and that sounds strange because they're such elite athletes. But I think the, the physical toll uh, was quite noticeable on that. Um, in the group stage this year, Clare, I think it just came out of necessity as well. You know, that because they had to win, they were so ravenous, uh, so hungry for it, that they were willing to get over the line by whatever means. And maybe... Limerick kind of subconsciously even fell, fed into that in terms of they saw what Tipperary did to them and maybe thought that Clare wouldn't wouldn't be the same as they were last year. And uh, look, they won't fall into that trap again. That's for certain on, on Sunday. Uh, but it, it certainly gave Clare a lip because it, it I think it came the aggression came out of sheer necessity. And I I think that's the most fundamental ingredient that was that was evident on that day. And I think if you look at it, Clare, we're probably four or five points better. The, the late Seamus Flanagan goal, I think, brought it back to to a point. But I think Yeah, I'll just jump in there ahead of you. Matt, I do agree with that point that the goal did mask the overall result, but the Limerick team that played Clare to the Limerick team that played Cork in the final round were chalk and cheese, I think it's fair to say. And, Limerick do seem to be in a vein of form, like, akin to the last three or four years. 
Yeah, absolutely. That was that. That was the point that I that 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 I that I was making earlier. But I would like to revert back to something that that um, that that Owen said there a while ago, and he he was speaking about, um, you know, what learnings Limerick uh, Claire had taken from last year and what was changed from last year. I, there's one thing that's that's very obvious to me, um, in in Claire and in in what would say, for instance, um. Uh, the, 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 the return of Aidan McCarthy has been huge on in that mm-hmm. it has given them in 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 um, incredible depth up, up front um in in and plus the fact that you know it it, it he, he's providing a twin threat now in, in terms of scoring with Tony Kelly but I, I was just looking at, at what the Claire and you have the return of Peter <laughs> Duggan but what what I'm, what I'm, what I'm looking at is I'm looking at the Clare bench and and on saying that in in extra time last year uh, they didn't have they didn't have the, the wherewithal you know to 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 go on and win it but like if you look at the Clare bench this year like when you see players like Aaron Shanigar, um Shane Meehan, Ian Galvin, you know all all these lads, Paul Flanagan. All these guys in reserve, they're very, very strong players and probably would be first team players in most counties. So um, in, in, in terms of strength and depth, I think players have rectified it. Yeah, I think strength and depth is a is a huge thing amongst board panels. For Limerick, again, from the, from the last day, you know, the likes of Claude Hegarty had a big game that he had been quieter during the year. Darren Burns was phenomenal again that... The overall performance was improved, but there was individuals that kind of came to the fore. And, and, you know, Kyle had a big second half as well. That if these lads get going for Limerick, it, it's very hard to see anyone stop them, Matt. Yeah, you would you you would say that, but um, um, I I I think that to beat Clare on Sunday, um, the, the 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 Limerick will have to reproduce um the performance that they, that they showed against Cork and a little more. Because Claire will Claire will have improved as well from the second round. Like um, yeah. now, they, they they had a very very comfortable win over Waterford. But I I thought Claire showed new resilience um, uh, in 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 the win over Cork, the way they dug it out at the death and closed it out at the death. Um, so I yes, Limerick will have improved. So will Claire have improved, and it's a question of which one of the two has improved the most. Now, I, I, I think a very, very important factor is it might be is um, the, the is it a probability on that that um, Connor Cleary will be missing? Yeah, that's probably the biggest concern for Claire. Um, I suppose is the is the fact that Connor Cleary's he dislocated his shoulder against Cork. Uh, look, it's a race against time, but a, a shoulder is dodgy. Like, there's no guarantee he's going to come back. And even if he was to start, there's no guarantee it's going to hold up for <clears throat> 70 minutes. And he has been, you know, he's been an ever-present, obviously, pulled back for the last couple of years and made the position his own. But also, he's been the one man that is able to go toe-to-toe with Aaron Gillan, and uh, they've had some tussles. Uh, a lot of the time, they'd neither of them have a hurley in their hands, or both of them have their hurley and other uh, other hands and other hurleys. But uh, it's been quite a tussle between the two of them. So if Conor Cleary was to be missing, uh, no more than John Connell last year, it would be a big hole in the Clare defence. And it's it's difficult to see what Clare would do in that in that, that regard. 
You talked about Aiden McCarthy coming back. Shane Amore was a big return for in terms of the backs this year, but he probably, you know, isn't that kind of a man marker that and physically uh, be able to stand up Darren Gillan. So Adam Hogan went in full back against Patrick Horgan, did a good job, but he's a very young guy. He's only just out of his teenage years. So it's a lot of pressure on his shoulders to mark such a, a potent forward as Aaron Gillan. So a lot of questions to be asked. I suppose the, the fundamental one really is, is Connor Cleary going to be right or not? Three weeks, but it just located his shoulder. I'm sure Aaron, Aaron if you feel. Yeah, it's an it's an intriguing battle and, and one that's very enjoyable to watch from from the terrace as I saw it last year first hand in Turles. Owen, a question here from Michael Heal, and everyone keep getting your questions in. How does Owen feel about the ref, and will he be watching for diving? Now, I don't know is that aimed at Clare or is it aimed at Limerick, but the referee in general, Liam Gordon, will you know you'll be hoping that the game is let flow like it was last year because it really added to the spectacle. Yeah, but if you look at what happened last year and subsequently to that, like uh, John Keenan was vilified for uh, by the hierarchy. He never got a game until this year. wasn't even a linesman uh, on things. So, um, <laughs> it's broke down there, Matt. I'll give it. I'll give it you for a second. Uh, the referee, you won't envy the man in the middle this Sunday. No, 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 because it's going to be a cauldron in the in in in, in the Gaelic grounds, and um, you, you know, um, I I think <laughs> Liam Gordon refereed one of Limerick's earlier games in in in, in the competition, and uh, I don't think he, he he found favor with the Limerick supporters. But um, you know, the referee is always wrong, <laughs> you know, for, particularly for the for, for the losing side, but. It's 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 go it's going to be a it's going to be a, it's going to be a cauldron in there. There's going to be what forty five thousand odd people in there, and like making the decisions in the in the split seconds that referee ha, ha, has to do it. I I certainly don't envy him, but um, yeah, um, the, the the refereeing of the game will be very very important. But in answer to his question, is is he referring to clear diving because um. I certainly don't remember Limerick diving that much anyway, so um, I, I, I just I just can't answer it, to be honest. No, Owen, Owen is back in. And the I only, have another question only, here from Matt. So, go on. The only dive in the Clare do is in the Hinch, or Spanish Point. I was in the Hinch at the weekend looking out for any uh, any Clare players, but they weren't getting their practicing in. Matt, a question here from Harlan. We've been on you when you went for that one. <laughs> um, on YouTube, Limerick are lucky decisions went their way against Cork with the penalty and the throw by Willard Dunhu for the O'Neill goal. You need that look to get over tight games. First of all, I don't think it was a throw by Will. I think Limerick have kind of mastered that hand pass. But there was a couple of decisions that kind of went Limerick's way. But you you earn your look in these occasions. I don't think the game was won and lost on that. No, I, dis I disagree on both counts. Um, I, I don't think Will Dunhu threw the ball. And I'm not looking through green tinted glasses now or anything like that. Now, not do I think? Uh, I think it it was definitely a penalty. I had yeah. I had a bird's eye view, but I had a bird's <laughs> eye view of it. I, I hadn't, I hadn't, you know, I I hadn't much doubt of it. It, it. it, you know, maybe they got entangled, but that was after the foul. So yeah, um, I was behind as well. And what, what was your take on it, Jack? In the in the real time, I thought it was 100% a foul. But maybe I'm conditioned 
to see Aaron Galan being pulled and dragged around the place in every game, he gets a very special treatment from a lot of players. So maybe that was it. But I, I definitely thought it was a foul. Um, on the Conor Cleary thing, if if you were in the Clare's players' shoes, like would you throw someone like Adam Hogan into deep end like that, or would you be trusting the likes of Paul Flanagan or Rory Hayes to, to pick up Aaron, who's you know? And to be fair to Aaron, he, he has been brilliant, but Seamus Flanagan has probably been the best inside man for Limerick this year. I I I I I think if 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 I were confronted with the decision, I'd go with David McInerney at full back. Okay. And then, but but then I'd be saying to myself, um, how are you going to cope with Garod Hegarty? So you'd be starting robbing Peter to pay Paul and possibly Shane Amori coming in. And and as Owen mentioned there, there's a possibility of Aidan McCarthy coming back. I think he started his career as a wing back, actually. Yeah, he and, did. And um, made, made the transition to the attack. So... Um, there, there, there are options for Brian Lawn, but there, there's no question at all about it. Um, like we, we, we lamenting the loss of Sean Finn, Clare are equally entitled to lament the loss of Conor Cleary. He's been an ever present there on the uh, on the edge of the square for the last couple of years, and um, has grown into being a very, very formidable fullback. And of course, we know the record that's between himself and and. Um, and and Aaron Galan and yeah, he he certainly makes life difficult for Aaron Galan. But um, yeah, you you know they, 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 Claire have the problem. You see, um, of who picks up who. Now we haven't spoken at all about the two times hurler of the year, Keen Lynch, who made a, yeah. a cameo appearance. Uh, who made a cameo appearance against Cork, and it it suggests to me that Keen Lynch um will will be fit to play in the monster final. So, um, but but it's a huge call. We were talking here about um, um, the the clear defence and the likelihood of in in the event of um, uh, Connor Cleary not making it on. And I, I was suggesting it might be David McInerney at full back with Shane Amore coming in in the half back line, or as you had suggested, Ed, Aidan McCarthy, who started his career as a wing back, um, going back into the half back line. Yeah, Paul Flanagan can come in as well, I suppose, uh, in the corner. I mean, he was an All-Star nominee last year or so um, and, and started the championship this year. So, look, they have a number of options. I just don't think they have a player that's as equipped as Conor Cleary would be to mark an Aaron Gillan. That's that's the, the main point about that. I think they can get guys to cover positions all right. They have a bit more strength and depth, especially in the backs maybe, than they had last year. But in terms of having a man-marker on Gillan in the form that he's in at the moment, I think... Cleary is obviously the the is tailor made for him really, but um, it, it's it's remains to be seen if he's going to make it. So that would be a big loss in itself. It would be it would be a game changer. Yeah, it would be a huge loss for Cleary. You see, Cleary wasn't to make it, but I just want to go back to your previous point there, Matt, on Keen Lynch and. His role will be important because John Conlon, obviously, it's well known about his man the match performance in the middle of his brother's wedding and, and vice versa. Then Declan Hannon at, at number six, that there's an awful lot of similarities in these teams. When you look at Conlon and Hannon were both forwards there in their career and rejuvenated themselves at centre back. Both teams, key man is probably centre forward then in, in Keane Lynch versus Tony Kelly. Like Dermot Ryan is the closest thing to Dermot Burns you can get, only that Dermot doesn't take the freeze. I'm, I'm sure he's well able at it. And 
you know, there's so many similarities around the field that uh, are Claire modeling their game after Limerick a small bit on, or is that just the way things have panned out? I, I think it's the style of the game. Uh, you know, I mean, like everyone seems to go for for the two man full forward, and everyone has a playmaker at centre forward, and everyone has a, a, a kind of a sitting centre back. I just think it's the, the way of the game. Um, Look, we model a lot of things in Limerick, but uh, probably not our, our, our hurling team at the moment. But like, definitely everyone looks at the team that wins a championship or an All-Ireland or a Munster final and, and does copy elements of them because you were lo- trying to look at what was successful uh, and then you're trying to either replicate that or surpass it. And that's that's the name of the game, I think, always. So I think every team would model themselves on Limerick to an extent because Limerick have been the outstanding team in the country for the last five years at least. So. So I think there probably is a bit subconsciously even a bit of mimicking on it, even in terms of the runners and uh, the amount of fluidity between the players, a uh, number of players that can play a number of different positions and, and kind of drift back into the into the mix and make that middle third. I mean, there's a lot of similarity to try and make space up front as well. Uh, look, you could you could point to a lot of things, but then that, that could be four or five of the top teams as well. Yeah, and one thing that struck me in the game in the Gaelic Crowns was, was Tony Kelly and... I think he got four points in play, but he had put up huge numbers against Limerick and Clare didn't get over the line. That must be a boost for ye that other fellas are stepping up to, to easy score and burden. And something like four for Tony is a huge response. And you have Aiden on the freeze, and you have Mark Rogers, and, and you have Dave Fitz and Ryan Taylor coming from deep. You know, that it's not a one man show anymore. Yeah, but I think that because Tony Kelly was taking the freeze before, I think. You... In the lights out well could be freeze if you know what I mean that uh so it kind of masked that but like I mean four or five from play is very good for Tony Kelly because he's a playmaker as well he he gets involved <laughs> in the play he he sets up stuff he's he's very very astute he's and it's the one team he likes playing against is Limerick because uh they don't mark him well they they mark him zonally but not they don't have a man marker on him where he's had trouble with Tipperary and Cork and different teams with terms of man markers that follow him everywhere and uh, he's he's troubled to find space because he thrives in space whereas Limerick afford him like someone picks him up when he comes into a certain zone uh, and and then others will pick him when he drops off a little bit and keep an eye on him in that regard but nobody actually man marks him so he enjoys that so whether Limerick changed that a, a little bit because if you take out the the tallies man let's say uh, then you know it, it, it's a big dent to what Claire do because he pulls the strings. He not only is the score getter, but he's also a, a chief architect as well. Yeah, on that Matt, you know, would you would you be happy enough to see Tony Kelly get a good few scores if the other lads are, are kept quiet? Because it seemed to have worked for Limerick in recent years. Well, um, I wouldn't be happy to see anyone getting a good few scores, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> Unless they were in green, that, that obviously. Was... That 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 goes without saying, and that that's the point I was making that earlier on there about um, the 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 return of Aidan McCarthy. Um, it it has given Tony Kelly a certain additional latitude that he hadn't heretofore because he had the responsibility for the freeze, and sometimes they didn't go exactly as he would have hoped them to go. So that pressure is off him, and um, I, I I agree totally with 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 Owen that Limerick do not man mark Tony Kelly and haven't done so at the past. And some people would say to their cost that they they haven't done so. Um, 
in 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 that um, he's he's marked when he comes into an opposite into an opponent's um, um, zone as it as it is. Um, uh, but um, no, I wouldn't be happy to see Tony Kelly getting a lot of scores. But um, you know, it's it's something that when you're facing Clare, that you that that you have got to live with that Tony Kelly is going to be very very much among the among among the marksmen. It's 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 simply unavoidable. You wouldn't yeah. begrudge your neighbours a few scores, would you? <laughs> no, no, I, I'm not. not um, but um, Jack said a good few scores. You see, on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's all, there's all, there's all in in the wording there, and, and the while, while Tony, Tony Kelly is obviously the talisman for for Clare, Limerick's talisman haven't really got going yet. On is that a small bit of a worry that you know if Gerard Egerty or Keen Lynch catch fire? Like to be fair, Tom Morris in the other wing has been phenomenal, yeah. but that if these lads catch fire again, they're so hard to stop. We saw Gerard's goal. In the final last year, you know, for a man of that size to do something like that, that Claire will be have to hope that they they keep him quiet because he has a big game in him ready to come. Like, no doubt about it. I mean, uh, I, I thought when he was coming on against Claire in the in the group stage, I thought he was going to come on with a point to prove, having not started the game, but he didn't really seem to get into it. So I'm not sure if he's an impact player off the bench, but definitely, uh, I don't think there's another player like uh, him in the country. Uh, Gerard Hagerty at his at his peak is unstoppable because of his physical size, his ability to get long-range points. He can also nip in for a goal. If he was running at you, it's a, it's a very uh, dangerous thing. You wouldn't want to be standing in his way either. So, I mean, him in his full strength, Claire would would find a real, real handful. But, uh, you know, we've seen flashes of it so far. We obviously know that he's a quality player. And the same thing goes for Keane Inch. He's obviously been dogged by injuries in the last couple of years and hasn't really got that flow and momentum that he had when when he was player of the year and all that. So I think for him, it's just about getting through a game and consistency and because he has the talent, there's no doubt about it. It's just that he's maybe kind of minding uh, himself a small bit in terms of the injuries because trying to get through games at this stage and trying to get that game time and get up to speed with the rest of the championship is difficult when you're, you're stop start and you're only getting bits of games and it must be very frustrating for him because, you know, he's at the peak of, of his powers now and uh, he wants to show that, but just, his body is letting him down to a large extent. So definitely two major players for Limerick that Clare will be keen to, maybe if they want to take a rest for Sunday and, and come back for the All-Ireland series, we, we'll accept that. But uh, it's probably not going to happen. Yeah, I, I don't think it's going to happen somewhere because as we said, it, it's a crucial one to get over in the line. Matt, where will the game be won and last on Sunday? An easy one for you. It's not an easy one now. It's not an easy one, and I, I, I try to, I try to resolve that as late as yesterday when I was looking through sort of what I was anticipating might be one to fifteen. Um, I, I, I think a lot might, might hinge on, on, on what calls in the event of Conor Cleary being out that, that, uh, that, um, that Brian Lohan would make. As I said earlier on, I think it will be David McInerney reverting to fullback, but I'm not sure of that. Or will, 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 will Brian Lohan up for the minimum disruption? And and um, uh, just go in for a straight replacement at fullback. Possibly Adam Hogan moving straight in, and Paul Flanagan coming in in the corner. Possibly. Um, uh, we must remember that Seamus Flanagan had the game of his life in last year's Munster final. Um, and I I think it it will be decided with how the Clare defence uh, cope with the Limerick attack because Gerard Hegarty, on the evidence of what we saw last. Um, 
um, last Sunday week against Cork was was coming back into form. Tom Morrissey is in the form of his life. Seamus Flanagan, um, um, Amgillan. And we've yet to see a big game in this competition from Peter Casey. Yeah, and um, we'll be- uh, we, we we have we have we've spoken about we've spoken about Keen Lynch, and um, um, you know an informed Keen Lynch is, is is certainly. But of course, there's going to be a huge battle at midfield, and of course, uh, you know what impact that will have will depend on the amount of play that would be at midfield. Sometimes, you know, a game tends to pass midfield, but but um, you 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 David Fitzgerald and Carl Malone up against them. Um, uh, two inform Limerick players were both outstanding against Cork and Willem O'Donoghue and Darrow Donovan. So yeah. that, that that could be a crucial area insofar as what midfield play you will have, but um, it, 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 it certainly will influence what will happen in the middle third. Yeah, I think the midfield is going to be crucial and I think Dave is a, a phenomenal player. For you, Owen, is any key battles that you think could go a long way in deciding the game? Yeah, I'd, I'd echo Matt on the fact that Conor Cleary, whether he's in or out, is is going to be crucial to to clear because he's the he's the fulcrum of that backline, really. You know, while John Conlon is is the defensive kind of anchor there, like the last line is obviously crucial in that kind of real trustworthy uh, feel that everyone has, that assurance that everyone has that Conor Cleary's at the edge of the square, even though he's marking Aaron Gillan. I think uh, is a big soothing element to to Clare's uh, process. So what they do, I mean. Brian Lohan will see Adam Hogan as a, a kind of mirror of, of with Adam Hogan of his own self, really. He's kind of a player in that kind of a guise, but he's still a very young guy. It's his first year. So to put him in in a Munster final, um, even though he says he loves the Gaelic grounds because he won a hearty cup there and he has no fear there. Um, I think, you know, facing Aaron Gillan in a, in a Munster final, the way Aaron Gillan is a... Jib has gone on. He's back to his lethal best now. So, I think that would be. It's a big call. I think that's going to be the the, the essential call of it. Um, on the other side of it, I think that dynamic and it isn't just a midfield. Uh, it, it also your Ryan Taylor's come back into that group. Uh, Shane O'Donnell drifts in, and and same thing with the Limerick uh, half forward line. They they kind of drift in. So that midfield zone is not. I don't know if it's as important as it used to be because it gets so blurred there with so many bodies on it. It often comes down to small breaks and things like that. Carl Malone has been more of a holding player for us, um, which is an unusual for him because he's he's quite an attacking player in his, his own club. Um, and you see that with, I mean, Willow Donahue and, and uh, Dara Donovan have been phenomenal players there um, as that kind of really, really hard-working midfielders there. So, yeah, look, that midfield is important, but I don't know if it's going to be game-changing in terms of, of, of the play because... Because of the fact that there's so many bodies around there at the moment. I, look, I, I honestly, God, I think it comes down to very, very, very thin margins. I mean, the sides have been leveled, I think, 33 times. There was research there. The lead has changed hands 25 times over the three games, and there's really never been more than a puck of a ball. Okay, the last game maybe, but you know, the two last year in particular, never more than a puck of a ball between them. So this will come down, as I said, at the very start to a mistake. Uh, a moment of genius, uh, one, hopefully a Tony Kelly line ball uh, to win it this time rather than to send it extra time. But, you know, something like that, of that ilk, that Declan Hannon point, uh, you know, to, 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 to put him ahead before Kelly got it. You know, one of those really wonder scores to, to finish it out because this is going to go right down to the wire again. And um, look, it could go either way. Uh, look, we said this the last time, but 
you know, between Clare and Limerick, and because they have no fear of each other, essentially, this this is is a flick of a coin, really. Yeah, 100%. I suppose we're nearly an hour before Ryan Taylor was really mentioned. And for me, he's a key player with just his, his speed to get through that, that Limerick half-back line. And if you were to pick a player, on, just if you could take one Limerick player for a Clare, before we get into predictions, who would it be and why? You're going to have to repeat that. Sorry, you got a few gremlins there. <laughs> if um, From a Clare point of view... If you could take a Limerick player to Clare, who would it be? Oh, if we, if we could transfer one in, sorry, yeah, I, I would. For me, uh, for me, it would be for me it would be Gerald Hagerty because he's the sort of player that we don't have. Uh, big, strong, mobile. Uh, you know, really like John Connor when he was when he was in the forward line. You know, big, strong guy that. Can is a playmaker, but also can take scores. He can take scores from seventy yards. He can punish you. He can punish you for by bursting through the center. I think he's a phenomenal player. Either him or Kyle Hayes, I I would have on my team um, any day of the week. Uh, but um, uh, it'd be interesting to see what Matt says on the other side of it. Yeah, Matt. Well, sure. I suppose it's obvious. Um, uh, who wouldn't want Tony Kelly in their team? Where does he play it off? He's with Limerick. Yeah. We'd accommodate, we'd accommodate him. Don't worry. <laughs> you, you'd find the spot. For me, like I think Tony Kelly is, is obviously the answer, but um, Dave Fitz, I think, has really taken a huge leap over the last 24 months or so. Um, quite like Rod Hegarty, I think, just big, strong, physical men can shoot from out the field or can you know break through the tackles and go for scores. And I think if he is in midfield, I think it's a good thing for Limerick because I, I would back William O'Donoghue to track him. If he find himself in the forward channels, he would probably, you know, make sure that Kyle and Dermot are on the back foot as opposed to the forward foot. So there's so many little tweaks and things that, that boat managers can do. I suppose, I don't think we'll see, can you see any sort of, you know, different change from what we've seen so far? Maybe like a, a Kyle Hayes into the forwards or, you know, I don't know, throwing David way up the field or anything. Can you see it from a clear side of view on? Yeah, um, look, uh, the funny thing is that David Fitzgerald is actually, he got a, he set up a goal uh, in the in the first game against Waterford there because he found himself in the full forward line. It's been an interesting position for him. He's probably going to line out at wing forward or centre forward or something along those lines. And he's going to be that fluid player that goes up and down the field. Shane O'Donnell to full forward at some stage. Uh, he hasn't been, he's been playing out in the wing and he's been doing phenomenal. Uh, but... Uh, him inside, he can be fairly lethal if, uh, you know, if they were looking to exploit the fact that Sean Finn is gone. Uh, he's very, very tricky. Uh, he's, uh, again, he's a player that he probably will never see again in terms of his touch, his, his, his ability. He's a very, very elusive player um, and uh, is probably one of the, the greatest players that, that I've seen anyway in a clear jersey. Uh, so he can play in a number of positions as well. And for him to go to the full forward line, the position of Tony Kelly is always one of those he starts corner forward. He could go into midfield. He can go, you know. I mean, he could go anywhere really. And uh, it's about whether they track him or not is the is the big question for Limerick. And uh, up the other side, yeah. Look, you have your Kyle Hayes, uh, but I think they're they're more worried about the gremlins are at him there, Matt. Um, can you? We, we'll say you have Keen Lynch, Carl O'Neill, Peter Casey. 
Groat Hegarty, you know, you probably have Flanagan, Galan, and Tom Marcy are undroppables, and then you probably have three or four lads for the other, or you four or five lads for the three spots. Like, who, if everyone is fit, do you think Glenn just comes in for O'Neill and it's Casey, Flanagan, Glenn inside? Yeah, that that's what it would appear to me. Yeah, that 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 that's what what would happen. That um, Cahal O'Neill seems to be in and out into the starting fifteen. Um, we saw him coming in instead of Garod Hegarty at one stage. It was against Clare, I think, in 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 round two, and um, he 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 came in then when when Keane Lynch was out. Um, yeah, I think if Keane Lynch is fit, um, that I I I see Keane Lynch starting. Yeah, I, I'm the same as you. Oh, we lost you there at, at the very end, but um, we we got the gist of what you're saying there about just they've options with Shane O'Donnell and the likes of, of Dave Fitz as well. Um, when we had you on the last time, I don't know how confident you were in, in Clare winning, but if you were to call the game at the weekend, um, if you're, <laughs> I don't know if you're with us for that, Matt. I'll throw it to you first, while we while we get on back online, um. Winners and losers are on, on Sunday. Yeah, I I'll give you the same answer that I gave you for the car game. Limerick if win. Limerick play up to their potential, and and if not, they'll be in trouble. And Owen, a winner. Yeah, I think I think Limerick. Has... <laughs> The, the one, the one really big one we want, uh, and we're breaking down here, so we'll we'll persevere for for a second there with on. Um, you're back to us there, I think maybe. <laughs> the joys are going live, everybody. Look, <laughs> um, we wanted to get the feedback from the people. We'll just go through a few comments there, um, as we're uh, as we're getting on back online there. There was a, a good few talks there, Matt, about that um, the decision there on Sean Dunhu and Aaron Galan. But I don't think we'll be worried about. The refs uh, this weekend. A few comments there about diving as well that we might stay clear of. Um, Jordan Dwyer is wondering just about Keen Lynch. You kind of answered that there. You expect him to be fit uh, and starting. David Toomey thinks it'll be a good match between both teams. John Gleason is going for a clear win with Tony Kelly as man the match. We've calls for Tom Morris man the match. Aaron Galan man the match. Um, who like if you were to call man the match, Matt? Who who would you be plucking for? Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even think about it, Jack. I, I, I would. I wouldn't even. I I want a team performance that will win the monster final, and let everything else after that take care of itself. Yeah. And I'm not and dodging think... the question now, because no. the, the 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 man of the match is all about on the day, on the day, yeah. and sometimes and sometimes and very often we can disagree with the choice of man of the match. But um, no, I wouldn't attempt. What what I want is a Limerick team performance that will be good enough to beat Clare on Sunday. Yeah, and um, um, and let let the, let the leading scorers let the let all let let all the kudos that are going then um, let let them take care of themselves. But all I'm focused on is the 15 players that we'll send out and whatever subs we'll send on, that they'll be good enough um, to win the hurling match and let the man of the match take care of itself. Yeah, as long as it's a man in green, we don't mind. Or if it's if it's a losing player in yellow, that's that's cool too. All we look like we've a connection now. So your prediction for Sunday? My prediction is we need more Wi-Fi in Clare. Anyway, that's one thing for sure. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, look, 
I, I, as I was saying before, the, I think Limerick need to replicate last year's performance in order to get over the line. I think there has been little questions about uh, form and stuff like that, but uh, they have improved with every game. And I think it, you saw that the pack kind of got them a small bit last year in terms of Clare were very close to Galway, Kilkenny. I think that's kind of continued this year. So we need to see a special Limerick performance again. I think in terms of experience, they definitely have it all, uh, all in their favour in terms of home advantage. And obviously going for five in a row, they've got over the line. Claire haven't never got over the line. And Brian Lowell even said to himself, he said, of all the I have very much the point to prove. Uh, and I think a clear performance, depending on Conor Cleary and all that, I think it, it, without Conor Cleary, it would take a phenomenal performance over the line. I think with Conor Cleary, I think Clare could sneak it if, if Limerick aren't uh, at their very best. Yeah, I think most people will agree that if Limerick are at their best, then you know, their best is the form of the three in a row that um that they'll, they'll get over the line. But Clare are the best poised team to get the job done. They did it not so long ago, so it's it's a really interesting game. I suppose last year we probably didn't expect the game we were going to get in Turles. You know, we probably would have thought Limerick were a bit ahead of them. This year we're we're ready for it. Um, hopefully the weather stays. It's going to be a sellout. There's no, there's no fear of that. Um, I imagine it'll be fifty-fifty in the crowd. It, it's not going to make a difference. It's a huge uh, game Turles, to forward. In Turles last year, if that cutthroat at this stage. Yeah, it's it's do or die. It's all in the line. It, it's it's a huge game. But Owen, you've been <laughs> so good with your time. I didn't give you a time now. I'd never said 20, 25 minutes this time around. I just asked, were, were you in a rush? And you said no. And you've been very good with it. Nearly over an hour there on the clock. You're sneakily siding with Claire without saying it aloud. But I, I think when you go off camera, you'll be you'll be saying it'll be yellow jersey. It'll be a Tony Kelly climbing the steps to Mackey Stand. But I think, Matt, you're you're in the camp that it'll be fitting for Declan O'Hannon to lift the Mick Mackey Cup in the, in the stand named after him. So uh, it, it promised yeah. to be a, a brilliant game. Owen, thank you so much uh, for your time. Hopefully, the, the, the omens won't be the same that your second time on the, on the 3 Dark podcast will see Claire lose. But uh, I think whoever comes out on top, fingers crossed there, I think whoever comes out on top this Sunday will be thoroughly deserving it. So, <laughs> uh, we'll cross everything lads fingers toes whatever you can and look forward to the game on Sunday but Owen a huge thank you and we'll talk again soon thank you Owen thanks guys talk to you soon see you Sunday thank you Owen see you Sunday good luck good luck now Owen Brennan there give us an hour as we look forward to a mouth watering clash Matt it's going to be a game for the ages I think somehow in in the two scale of crowns on Sunday You'll be hoping everyone that's gets the one. Yeah, that's the one thing I'd be worried about, Jack. I, I, I'd be slightly worried about it in that it, it's going to be one way or the other. It's going to be benchmarked against last year's um, what, what was a very, very special final, you know. And there'll be disappointment if it doesn't live up to it, you know. But yeah. um, uh, like we had a final for the ages last year, and and um, uh, it will be very, very hard and like. The, the tension will be such in the Gaelic grounds because of the concession um, by Clare of home advantage and and all that sort of thing. And it will be bringing extra pressure on Limerick. But look, it's going to be a very, very, very special occasion, Jack, and one that we're really, really looking forward to. Sunday can come soon enough.
no, definitely looking forward to it. And there is a lot of hype on the game, a lot of expectation, but there, there's been so much hype coming into every Limerick game this year in the Munster Championship. And they've delivered, and the, the tips and the Cork games have delivered, and even Watford against Tipperary last time. It would be a fitting conclusion to this year's championship if it was a good game. And hopefully, as we said, it's five in a row for Limerick. It's Declan Hannon adding to his already impressive resume. Be, he's got a sixth Munster title for uh, for Graham Mulcahy, for Nicky Quaid, for Declan Hannon and Dave Reedy if they were to get there. And I don't know if you know the facts, but has any Limerick player won more than six Munster titles, Matt? No, not that I know of. Certainly not, no. You know, so it would put them... No. They're already in the annals of Limerick great um, in terms of Hurland, but it would further etch them up there in that regard. Um, I don't think there's any... Bob, McConkey, Bob McConkey does have a record of, of, uh, of winning All-Ireland medals in three decades. 1918, 1921, and 1934. You were, I don't think you were around, Jack. Or were no. you way that there? No, I just, I was just thinking of the decades there, but obviously Liverpool are in two decades. I can't. No, that, 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 but uh, as regards somebody getting six, six months of medals, uh, the, uh, the answer is no. Yeah, and it would be fitting to match the feet of uh, Teddy McCarthy, although he is nine overall, so there's. There's still a way to go in that regard. Um, briefly on, on Galway Kilkenny, Matt, because, you know, it's hard to get really invested in that game when you have a huge game here. And to be fair, the Leinster Championship has been largely shadowboxing, I think it's fair to say. But would it be as detrimental for the losers in Leinster as it would be for Munster? Do you think there's plenty of recovery time for them, considering it hasn't been as hectic of a championship? Yeah, that, that 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 that's a very very good valid point, Jack. Um, it hasn't been as hectic like um, like sort of Galway and Kilkenny have ambled through to the final actually, and uh, I saw their game in Nolan Park, which ended in a draw, and in terms of intensity and championship intensity, Jack, it it, it totally 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 lacked it. Um, it. Not saying it was a poor game. But um, it it was a it was a game of of um, you got the sense that look both of these teams know there's going to be bigger fish to fry down the road you know and we 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 we'll just go through the motions for today but I have a fancy for Galway and a Jack okay because as we were not, as we were not, as we were talking off air Jack. Um, you, you will recall where, where, where we were talking about the late Teddy McCarthy and Cork doing the double in the nine, in 1990. I'm of the opinion that, rightly or wrongly, that the, the, the county most likely and best place to do a double um, any time in, in the future um, is Galway. Yeah, and I, I agree with you there. But... You know, Kilkenny are going for four in a row as well, Matt. That has completely flown under the radar because they haven't been able to back it up with an All-Ireland success. And to not go too much into the future because they have a great game this Sunday. Our final four last year was um, Limerick, Galway, Clare, Kilkenny. Do you see anyone upsetting that trend this year from this far out? Obviously, you have Tip and Offaly and Carlo and Dublin. I would fancy Tip to make it, yeah. Uh, uh, um, in the place of the loser on Sunday. 
in place of the loser on Sunday in Leinster, I'd say, yeah. Oh, in Leinster. I, so I don't know. How to, I, I'm not 100 sure if that made a draw works. But I think whoever, I think if, if Clare lose, they'll find it very hard to regroup in, in a quarter final. Conversely, it's the same for Limerick. I just think that whoever loses in Galvin Kilkenny will have enough in the tank to get over the line. Now, I don't, you don't see an upset. Although, you know, Tipperary, you would imagine, would have too much for Affley, but Carlo will be confident of causing an upset against Dublin. Uh, yeah, but Dublin, you know, they 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 look pretty good against Galway. Galway had to pull out the, the stops, you know, to 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 get a draw on that one. I, you know, I don't think Dublin are too bad. But what what impressed me mostly in the the in in, in and for me was memorable in the Joe McDonough Cup was the aerial process prowess of Carlo. They were so mm. good on the air, absolutely so good without without exception. Um, but they, they, they were they were so good, and and um, that's something like you'd see the you know some of the stuff was something you'd more associate with with Dermot Burns or Garrod Hegarty than players playing in the in the, in the McDonough Cup, and uh, no disrespect to the McDonough Cup, but it is the second level, and um, yeah, I I was impressed by Carlo, but um, I think I think Dublin will beat Carlo, and I think Tipperary will beat Offaly. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see Tipperary in into the final four. Um, but I don't know. I would, and it, it, I, it's 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 going to be Tip against Kilkenny. Uh, it's going to be Tip against Kilkenny or Galway in that scenario, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It is. So actually, I I think we might have the same final four, but we're not going to look past this Sunday, Matt. Um, I suppose quarter to two. Well, I suppose went, is the time. Uh, the, the the sum total of my concern about the final four is that Limerick have won them. Yeah, I think. Look, if we win on Sunday, we're there. We don't have to worry about prelims or quarterfinals. We can get through to the final four. And I think it's different with the round robin having that bit of a break. It's been detrimental to teams before that that lengthy break to semi final. But I think considering the Munster Championship, I think it's it's uh it's more than just deserved and welcomed. A comment in here from Drina Ross watching. In Detroit, Michigan, in the US of A. So, a very welcome to the pod, Drina Ross. Um, that Sunday, quarter to two in the two scale of crowns. Hopefully, everyone that needs a ticket gets a ticket. It's, you know, the demand will be as high as for an all Ireland final, and you're going to have half the tickets. So, hopefully, everyone will get started in that regard. But there will be people missing out. But John Kiley was quick to just say it'll be as enjoyable at home as we'll be there because it, it promised to be a great game. Final word on it, Matt. Limerick, by how many points? If they play to their potential, Limerick by about three. Yeah, three is loads. One is loads on Sunday. Really, my water one, game. One is, one is plenty. It was enough against Cork. Yeah, and I suppose the three. And even two is plenty. It was enough against Waterford. Yeah, we haven't got a three point win yet this year. It'd be, it'd be nice and sweet. Oh. But um, to be fair to this group of players, it's uh what fifth Munster final. They've four All Ireland finals. You know they've won all eight of their finals under John Kiley. Hopefully that that trend can continue this Sunday. So the best of luck to to John Kiley and his men in the in the Munster final. Probably the most eagerly waited Munster final in a long long time this Sunday in the two Gaelic grounds. An hour and fifteen of Ireland there, Matt. <laughs> but we have just a few more things to get through before we finish up. Uh, the Limerick footballers 
finished the group stage of their Talton Cup on Sunday against Wicklow, I suppose, in disappointing circumstances. Um, you know, it was a four-point defeat to Wicklow. They were true already, you know, so the result didn't make any difference. But listen to Mark Fitzgerald afterwards. He was disappointed to not get the win, but it seems as though he's kind of hoping that it'll refocus the minds as they wait their quarterfinal opponents. Yeah, it might be a timely wake-up call, Jack. Um, that, that was my first reaction to it. But obviously it was disappointing because we'd got into the habit of winning and, you know, you were facing a team that had absolutely nothing to play for and um, but other than pride. And, um, um, you know, I think Wicklow were deserving winners on the day from, from all the reports that I hear. Um, and... Um, Obviously, Limerick will now, as you said, have to refocus, and it's it's a it's a timely wake up call because I think they'll be in action as soon as the weekend after next, won't they? In 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 the quarterfinals. Yeah, the tenth, I think, because or the, 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 the preliminary quarters are this weekend, so it's it's just around the corner. Yeah, I think it's the eighteenth. They'll uh, they'll be in a quarterfinal action. They'll be home for that as well, which will be a boost. And you'd be hoping that, as we said, that will just have refocused the minds that. You know, there there's a plenty of work to do there. They have the talent to go all the way, but there's there's plenty of work to do because they fair the other three group winners all won all their games. So, you know, Liverpool could come in and be under the radar again, but that might be that might be no harm for Mark Fitzgerald and his side. So it'll be interesting to see who they get in the quarterfinals. We'll have to wait until the weekend to see that. Um also over the weekend with Camogie. The senior Camogie so side. Before you or... go, before you go from football, Jack, um, the Masters, um, um, the Limerick Gaelic Masters are at home this weekend. Um, they're playing Leash in Kiltili at two o'clock on Saturday. Um, now they, they 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 will be looking to get back to winning ways. They lost the last time out to Kerry, having led Kerry going going down the home straight with ten minutes to go. Um, very very creditable performance. I was out at it, but uh, previous to that they had beaten Waterford. So they 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 will be looking to get back on the horses at well next <coughs> next Saturday when when um, Leash visit the Gaelic grounds. Leash have yet to win this year um, in in the competition. They've already lost to uh, they've drawn with Westmeath and they have lost to Leith from Longford in 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 the second round. So um, it's an important game 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 for Limerick and it's on in Kiltili at two o'clock on Saturday. Two o'clock on Saturday. Um, the best of luck there to Anthony McCarthy and his side. Obviously, we're beaten last time out against a strong Kerry team, but they'll be looking to get back to winning ways this weekend. Um, and the Camogie match was disappointing in in Antrim. Uh, four point loss in the end. An early goal kind of just pushed Antrim ahead, and they never relinquished that lead. And tries they might Limerick out within two points. A good few occasions, even as late as I think there was maybe two or three minutes to go, but just couldn't quite claw their way back into the game. And they've Waterford up next. It was it's just disappointing the result and the, the context of the game. Yeah, the disappointing result, Jack. There were seven points down at half time and it looked bleak and um Antrim further increased the lead immediately after half time, but then Limerick hit five points in a row and really <clears throat> really got back into it. And you, you're right in saying that um, 
they closed the gap to two points on a couple of occasions, including in the closing minutes at one stage. And um, you, you know they they they, they look poised that they, they, they that they just might snatch it, but it didn't happen. But in the context of the group, because um, it, it 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 was a very very disappointing result because um, Waterford are absolutely flying this year. They have they have won them um, Division One B now. Um, their performance in the Munster Championship was 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 funny, really, because they beat Cork in 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 the first round of the Munster Championship and um, suffered a very heavy defeat in the semi final to Tipperary. So, um, but their their Limerick's next game up and that, that's on on Saturday week at a Limerick venue. So, um, that that's going to be a huge game for Limerick and Waterford were very big winners over the weekend um, over Offaly. So um, Limerick have left themselves with quite a bit of work to do if they're to make the quarterfinals like they did last year, Jack. Yeah, and then probably will be relying on other results elsewhere to to help them with their goal to get into the quarterfinals. But look, that remains to be seen. Um, before we finish up, Matt, I have another comment in here from from YouTube. And before the Limerick tip game, we said the Clare loss is just a blip. Um, seeing as Limerick haven't lost the game since that, do you still consider it a blip? Yeah, well, um, no, I, 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 I think I might be slightly misquoted there. I, what I was saying was, um, uh, I, I think I, I said it in the context of the Warburg game. It could have been me that said it now as well. I just can't remember. Yeah, I, I, I think I said, I, I thought I said it in the, in the, it, was it just a blip or was it, um, you know, the start of the signs of wear and tear, you know? Um, they've been on the road for five years. I think that's the context in which I use the word blip. I certainly used it in the context of, of the Watford game. I, I'm not sure. I, I, I Maybe I did use it in the context of the, of the Clare game, but certainly um, I thought the performance against Clare was much better than that against Watford. Yeah, and to be fair, uh, the, John Kiley has said incremental improvements and they've really upped their game the last few games, you know, Tip leveled very late on, uh, clearly won by a point, and they beat Cork. And I think it was the best performance of the year. And I've got on record saying I think the Cork were probably the best team Limerick played so far this year. But I would definitely left a leg in my face if I say that and Clare beat them twice in the one season. Mm-hmm. But um, an hour and twenty one, Matt. But before we go, Jack. Yeah. Uh, before else? we go, I would just like to make a point to. Um, first of all, I'd like to congratulate Shosha Bulfin, um, nice. who who was manager and and um, guided uh, guided me um, to win the Christie Ring Cup uh, with with a victory over over Derry. Like Shosha, a native of Bruff, um, um, has been involved in the GA in Limerick for for so many years, and of course for many years he he would certainly know the Clare scenario very very well as he was part of um, David Fitzgerald's backroom team for a number of years, both in Clare and in Wexford. And this year he took the, the plunge himself out to being, being a manager. And we we, we saw we, we see that Chaucer did a very, very successful job in 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 um, in helping, um, in guiding me to win the Joe McDonough Cup. I would also like to mention Jer Hickey of Krakora Manister, um, Who's very, very much involved in Limerick GAs and is presently the coach of Drummond and has been involved deeply with Limerick Camogie in the past. Um, a native of Broadford Clare, 
he he was a selector and coach on the Clare minor team that won the All Ireland last Sunday. So um, congratulations uh, to to Hickey. and I suppose uh, commemoration commiserations to our good friend who has appeared with us in this podcast, Leo yeah. Connor, um, on guiding. Um, First of all, guiding Offaly to Leinster final success and into the All-Ireland final. And um, with a very, very young team, he he, he guided um, Offaly to the threshold of All-Ireland minor glory last year. And um, he, he had promoted six of that minor team that started against Cork on Sunday. And commiserations to Leo. Um, and I, I have no doubt that um, his Offaly project, his day will come very, very, very shortly. Yeah, another another step in the right direction for for Leo and the Hurlers and and Tisirsha and Hickey as well. Um, good to see Limerick Limerick men making their mark with other counties. Um, and hopefully one Limerick man, John Kiley, will continue to make his incredible mark on the county this Sunday as he bids for a fifth title as manager. He was also part of that. That team in '96 to get over the line um, against Clare, and also was there in 2013 against Cork. So he's a lot of experience of uh, Munster finals and big Munster days in the two scale crown. So hopefully for another one, we started this potential run for five in a row in the Gaelic crowns against Tip in 2019. It would be fitting if we ended it. Well, not ended it. Kept it going. Got to five uh, on Sunday afternoon. So hopefully at around half three on Sunday afternoon. There'll be a man from Adair in the in the Mackey stand with the Mackey Cup, but we'll have to wait with bated breath for that. Um, you, Can I thank correct you. you, Jack? Can I correct you? John <laughs> Kiley's sixth as a manager. One one under twenty one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. True, true. Yeah, look, there's there's so many accolades you could bestow on John Kiley that there's a there's bound to be a few that get they get lost in the myriad of them, but um. As always, a huge thank you to, to Owen, first of all, for giving us so much of his time over an hour. In fairness to him, he was, he was reffing games this morning, so he understood the pressure of what it was like to be the man in the middle with the whistle, but very good to give us his time. Um, to everyone watching, commenting, liking, subscribing, all that good stuff. If you are on YouTube, make sure to subscribe. It helps the algorithm. Uh, like and um, follow on Facebook and like and retweet on Twitter. It's really appreciated. Um, a huge thank you to everyone who just gets involved every week. To you as always, Matt, for your indelible contribution and, and insight and knowledge and to Noel's menswear for coming on board and sponsoring the pod. Hopefully, next week will be a very enjoyable podcast. There is one thing that is sure to take the, the headlines next week. It will be the Munster final in uh, the two scale crowns. Please, God, it'll be a podcast full of green mist and uh, celebrations as we've gotten so used to uh, on this medium but for now that's it nearly an hour and a half on the board a bumper episode for the for the monster final a huge thank you to everyone that got involved and we'll be back soon thank you thank you Jack the impression again we get old with what you put into it's like a walk of life if you're good enough go and get it no more about it Your mother sends you down to the shop for a pound worth the goods and she gives you 50 pence. You can't get the pounds worth the goods, can you? Just about kept in. Oh, well, Charlie Buckley. To do that to Tommaso Shea, he deserves to score from here. One of the highlights of the second game. Let me 
Dolphins out there from the world court today. No more about them. They made the run. That was it. Put the ball over the barrel. The fact that it, and that's it. No ifs, no buts. There's no sympathy in this game for anybody. 